Hey Rich, you right? Hi Tom, how are you? I'm not too bad. Um, Hugh, how are you? I'm very well. He's here. Oh, he's here, I'm glad yeah. to hear it. Good. Survived the weekend. All happy? Yeah. Good. Okay, it was go touch on. and go though. There was certainly touch. No, no, go. Awkward. Go. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Let's anyway, get on with it. Let's go. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was brilliant, Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, ground. that was brilliant. Hello! I'm Hugh Ford. I'm Rachel Nemeth. I'm Tom Cannon. And welcome to episode 49 of the Real Reading Podcast with this week's special guest, Ashley Pearce from Reading Borough Council. Right up your street, Hugh, this one. Yeah, Councillor Pearce. Um, Reading FC fan. Yes, and Reading City FC fan as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Doesn't mind a bit of Reading City FC. It doesn't mind a bit of a town club calling itself City. <laughs> Big fan. Big Reading fan. City? Yes. I've not even heard of them. Oh, oh the girls are so pretty. Well, I know that. <laughs> Wasn't that the yeah, Paradise I know City that song? one. <laughs> the very last. City. It's the Reading <laughs> FC song in Old Reading City, where the girls are so pretty. I'd... First set to my Guns eyes and Roses. Sweet Molly Malone. That's right. Yeah. Do we yeah, finish no, it? Take, take me down to the Old Reading City, yeah. where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. <laughs> the girls are green and the grass is pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one since I last went. Yes. Um, so uh, Ashley came on. Uh, he I've interviewed him already. Uh, that's going to just be snuck in a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, talking to Ashley, like just what it's like being a councillor, because it's, as we as I got completely wrong the other week, uh, it's a completely uh, thankless task at times. Uh, and it was really interesting to talk to him. So some of the sorts of things that go on and the, and the time and effort they have to, they that they put in. I was going to say have to put in. They do it perfectly willingly. They put themselves up. So you mm. know, there we go. Um, you notice I elongated the phrase 49. It's nearly our birthday. It's nearly our half century cricket. Cricket metaphors, Hugh? Half century? Half century, yeah. Good innings, could you say? I'd be very pleased to get to 50. <laughs> well, yes, knowing your cricket scores, yes, you'd be delighted. I have three in my career. Three. Three. Right. In a you class yourself as a batsman, 20, don't you? I do, yeah. 24-year <laughs> career, I've got three. So. Well, I suppose I only scored two goals in proper football, so... I never scored a goal <laughs> in football. As a left-back, though. Yeah. So, yes, we are one short, one episode short of our 50th. Um, hopefully we won't get out just before we get there. Or have any health issues. <laughs> there are no health issues. Um, we have a very special guest, uh, which will be revealed at the end of the podcast. So you're going to have to either fast forward all the way through, or um, don't listen, test listen. people. Just listen. To do that. Just listen. You might like it. Um, we've got all the usual features, including fact of the week, which I think is either weather based or other based. I think we've got two facts. Two facts. Okay. Possibly even more. Let's do. We'll just have one fact this week. It's fine. Um, and four explains it all, which is about Hugh this week. The closure of public toilets. Boo. Boo. Okay, uh, you can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk, which amongst other things has how you can listen and how you can get in touch and all of that. Talking of how you can get in touch, here's Jerry. Why are you looking at Hugh like that? <laughs> okay. Are you going to cut it out? Nope. Oh, 
Because he's breathing really noisily, and I'm wondering if it will all be picked up he's on the microphone. Breathing through his nose, yes. Yeah. Okay, while we sort out Hugh and his breathing, Maybe here's he Jeremy. Is <laughs> here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod, and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, Hugh, we, what's wrong with your breathing? I don't know. I'm not breathing anymore because Rachel complained. Okay. Uh, Rachel complains a lot. We don't <laughs> yeah. stop don't you know things. how her, my husband feels? Yeah. Whistly nose. Okay. So, uh, last week, we the fact of the week was about a toll at Reading Station, which included, bizarrely, a monkey tax. Now, Hugh, there's a monkey tax update from none, none other than St. Linda Fort. Yes. Now, I have to remember this because I haven't brought it with me, but she said uh, in that, at that time in history, um, there were no rules about disease or contagion or anything like that. So, so ships bought monkeys for basically for rich people to have as pets and they, okay. were, they were transported around and they, they, there, was no, there was obviously a danger of getting ill, but there were no rules about it. So you could just stick them on a train with all, with all their tropical diseases oh. and hope for the best, but you didn't get them. So... I think that's what she emailed me. I'm recalling <laughs> off the top of my head, but, and I'd normally listen to what she says, but that that sounds about right. Um, Linda, I know you are, you will be listening. If that's in any way incorrect, please feel free to get in touch, and we will correct it next week. Um, Rach, you mentioned uh, something fairly obvious if you look out the window, but weather very nice. Yeah, not right now. No, not right now. It's raining. But yeah, the last four or five days. Been glorious. Be forgiven for thinking it was the summer. Or even the spring. I went to the pub in a yeah. t-shirt and had a pint in the garden on wow. Sunday. I rather stupidly came to work this morning without a coat because I thought uh, that it was going to be quite nice today and it's rained. It's Thursday for anybody listening and wondering why we're talking about the rain. Um, it, it's been raining all day. so yeah. My neighbour was laughing at me though because I was chasing Zachary around the garden with the uh, the sun cream. <laughs> 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 he was a that that is a bit excessive but they did at his nursery on tuesday i think they did put sun cream on them wow wow um hugh did you want to squeeze a fact in yes we got a fact this this week was uh on uh tuesday yes was the hottest day ever recorded in reading since records began in 1908 in In february in february yeah not the hottest day ever the hottest days in the summer (laughs) um Yes, so we have a nice piece looking at some interesting facts about the weather in February. But it was, I believe, again off the top of my head, nineteen point five degrees recorded, which is very, very, very balmy. Unless you start thinking about the reasons why it might be so. So we just we just focus on the fact that it felt nice. Yes, lots of people on Twitter are pointing this out that Mm. while it's nice that it's warm in February, it's probably not a great thing. No. No. Um, Do you want to know the coldest? I do. I really do. You've got well. I mean, I sort of have right, to. You just have to stall for a minute because I've got. The wrong <laughs> this time last door. year was the beast from the east. It was snowy, wasn't, wasn't it? It? It, was, it? It was very cold. Yeah. Jonathan Lowe, our Reading FC reporter, posted a couple of pictures on Facebook of snow on the ground at the Medeski. So the previous. Actually, a year ago tomorrow, I went sledging. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Pre- oh, previous warmest temperature: seventeen point four on the twenty eighth of February, nineteen fifty nine. The coldest night. A chilly minus twelve point nine. Wow. Fifteenth of February nineteen twenty nine. Oh. That was in Benson. 
It's always in Benson. The Benson? Coldest. Yeah. This is all from Reading Universities. Oh, right at the yeah. university. Yeah. yeah. Give, give a quick plug to, plug to the, the book, 100 Years of Reading Weather, which has served me well over the years for weather facts. Who's it by? It's by Professor Roger Bruges and Stephen Burke from the University of Reading, who are the weather Marvelous stuff there. Well, uh, that was a bonus fact. Um, now it's time for the real fact. So, Reading Fact of the Week time. Reading Fact of the Week. Fact of the week, Hugh. More facts. This week... We don't want facts. Is it about monkeys again? It's not about monkeys, no. Uh, okay. Is it about... The um, weather. Corpses. That was the other thing. Corpses. Oh, yeah. Corpses and monkeys. I didn't really go on the corpses. Wrap them up in parcel paper. And yeah. Cheaper. <laughs> Sorry, Hugh. Go on. Wow <coughs> us with your fact. Uh, this one. Tsarist Russian pilots were trained at the Royal Flying Corps School of Technical Training in March 1917... They stayed at the St. Patrick's Hall of Residence at Reading, University of Reading. Oh, right. So, as in Tsarist Russia, when did the revolution happen? That was 1900 and something? Something, yes. Oh, wow, well, vague. I did this. study this for A-level. Yeah, so did I. That was a long time ago. <laughs> probably nearer the Russian Revolution than it yes. was now, to be honest. Yeah, um, if anybody'd like to help us out with this, we'd be very grateful. Yeah, we should have looked this up before we yeah. do this uh, as a fact of the week, but never um, mind. I originally thought it was a good fact because it mentioned the halls, which was the St. Patrick's Halls, which is about to be redeveloped. It could be could redeveloped. Be redeveloped. It's rather controversial. So, um, the university wants to redevelop it and the people living next to it do not want it to be redeveloped and it has been refused by Reading Borough Council, but a planning appeal is being held next month where the university will hope that is overturned because they say they need the accommodation for their students and the local residents will be fighting it because they they say it's too I think it's too big it's too ugly and it doesn't fit and it doesn't really fit in for the character of the area what's it being in. used as currently it's just there's empty a, there's accommodation it? there there's there's other buildings they want they want to knock down and rebuild as more accommodation oh, so right. they're increasing the number of people there um, and it's been going on for quite a while and it's caused quite a row oh okay so, so, sort of three facts there, really, or not or well, two just, facts and a thing. Just fact, fact, he fact. He is a oh, fountain just, of knowledge. He is. A fountain. Literally. Nah, it doesn't work. Fountain of knowledge. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, well, end of part one already. That was that was quick. Um, part two, Hugh Fort explains it all. Gosh, it is a, there's a lot of me this week. There's always a lot of you. <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Cheap shot. <laughs> end of part one. Mrs. Fort explains it all. Welcome to part two. Fort explains it all, as the music tells you. Um, Hugh, we are talking about public <gasps> toilets. Has Hugh got a jingle? Well, have you not heard it? Oh, don't tell me you don't listen either. He's got. You've he's had a jingle since day one. I, I'm here. I listen as it's happening. Okay. L- listen live. You get a live experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about live later. Um, Anyway, Hugh, public toilets. Yes, Reading Borough Council, as part of its budget pro- proposals, um, it was revealed it is looking to save £50,000 by shutting the public toilets around Reading, of which there are 16. And they, at the time, it was um, 
it was revealed they were looking to close them all yep. to, to save costs on their maintenance. Um, however, at a meeting this week, Joe Lovelock, who is the leader of Reading Borough Council, said the most used ones were probably going to stay open. But it's 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 being it's being looked into and investigated whether whether the council will shut these public conveniences yeah. um, as part of a cost saving measure. And we will know shortly what they decide to do, whether they decide to shut some of the less used ones or whether they decide to shut all of them as a cost-cutting measure because they need to save £30 million over the next three years Wow! as once austerity continues. Um, it's, this has been an ongoing thing for years and years and years in Reading now, cost-cutting. Um, they, they will always tell you that they've had their government grant cut by fifty-eight million pounds since two thousand and ten, um, and this is the latest stage of that. Their their grant will go down to nothing, I believe, in twenty twenty-one. Okay, and it will have to raise all its own money from various things around. So anything. Car boot sales, fates. Yeah, eBay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Um, <laughs> the modern car boot sale. Um, and so yeah, so it's a constant, constant process. But this is one part of the part of the budget measures. And at, also at this meeting, the opposition, the Conservatives in particular, took against this um, particular aspect of the budget, and as a result, would not support it. So it caused a bit of a row. Um, this happened in other areas, and people have obviously it affects the elderly, but it also affects, I guess, mothers as well who have young children who. Oh, we're forever making a dash to the ones in Caversham in the car park. So they better not close that or we'll be... <laughs> it's Caversham, and some, actually, sort of... some of the facilities in, in Caversham where we live... Um, so I'd, I'd taken Zach to the library a few weeks ago and he, he was doing the three-year-old desperate dance. Um, they don't have a toilet in there, so that I have, oh. the nearest oh. ones is the public toilets wow. in the car park. So uh, if they shut those... That's not great. I would guess that some will shut and they'll be the ones in areas where they don't get used very much. How do you measure right, which yeah, ones how are being well know? used? Um, that is a very good question. I, I, um, a lot of them you have to pay for. Oh, so, okay, right. So you would... Does that not pay for their maintenance? Clearly not. Well, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so we'll have to wait and see um, what this what this entails but I would wager at least some of them would close and then and then who knows what happens to them because they'll still be there and then they'll just be empty it's almost like we planned this this issue because it's funny you mention that because after the success of last week's list of things that happened in the time it's taken uh, Cow Lane Bridges which I promised I wouldn't talk about so I'm not going to oh Um, what a day oh what a day I have made a list (laughs) of things that public toilets have become. And I am not in any way trying to make light of the importance of public toilets. I do entirely realise they are. If you had a three-year-old, you'd understand. Yes, well, you know, I was once. Or in fact, if you'd had a three-year-old, <laughs> yes. you would also <laughs> understand. Um, 
Yes, so I, I just had a quick look on the internet to see if, because I, I was aware that in, they've done some fancy things with public old public toilets in places. Um, as I say, I don't want to belittle anything. I'm, it's absolutely not the intention, but um, I found a BBC article to start with um, that said uh, a WC, which coincidentally is the initials of my father, um, in Clapham, South London, was misused and laid derelict for 40 years. Now it is a wine bar, and the WC stands for wine and... Cart charcuterie. Charcuterie. Thank you. Um, not fancy water closet. Meats. Fancy. Yeah. Cured oh, meat. I like fancy meats. Cured meats. Why can't they just say cured meats? Like little salami. Oh, I suppose it wouldn't fit with WC, yeah. would it? Anyway. But the palm um, ham and such. Planning permission nice. for its conversion came with a condition, um, and uh, I didn't cop. Oh, Jake Mannion uh, said it's come. If someone comes down unsuspecting that it's a wine bar, and this happens every day, we let them use the toilet. That's what we have to do. And that is in their, the planning permission. Also, in the same BBC article, there are art galleries in the South London boroughs of Kingston and Lambeth in water closets, in old public toilets. Um, there's information centres in Hambleton, North Yorkshire, and Harrogate, Harringay, North London. And there's a Burns National Heritage Centre in an old facility in South Ayrshire. Um, and did a further research than the BBC... Sorry, what were you going to say, Rach? I was going to say, you've forgotten our own... Hang on. Don't preempt me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, um, also... I was going to talk about Reading then. Uh, well, no, this... Yeah, yeah fine. Um, <laughs> so, there's a further one uh, on George Clark's Amazing Spaces. Joey and Charlotte bought a public loo at an auction for £115,000 in the Cornish village of Charlestown and converted it into a holiday home. Lovely. Wow. wow. Um, and, finally, in Reading... In Reading. I'd completely forgotten about this. But in Reading, um, did you know that there's a home in Reading that was a former public toilet? Clearly, you both did. I did. A oh, a home? A home, No, yes. I didn't know about that one. Okay, it's, we'll come to what I'm you were talking about. I was going to talk about something else. Oxford get Rome. So the Get Reading headline at the time uh, in 2016 was Lavish Makeover. Oh, Very nice. Is that one of yours? No, it was Jonathan, I think. Um, I was going. I don't. I'm not sure who. I'm not sure who wrote that one. I think it was Jonathan. A lavish makeover for Oxford Road lavatories. The former loos at the Oxford Road Wilson Road junction are now known as Rose Cottage because, of course, toilets smell of roses. <laughs> ladies. Anyway, moving on. Um, so yes, I will put the I will put the link to the story for there in the notes. Now it's time for our interview with Ashley Pierce from Reading Borough Council. Roll the tape. Hi everyone, I am here at Reading Borough Council offices, uh, I know boo, <laughs> uh, but I'm here with Ashley, Councillor Ashley Pierce, who is the lead council, lead member for education and representative of Church Ward. That is correct, yes. How are you doing? I'm very well, my, um, my, my children were born this week, twin children <laughs> on Friday, so uh, a bit tired, but Doing all right. Thank you for Doing agreeing right. to speak to us. Yes. I know obviously you contacted us, but um, I just so just wanted to sort of explain what we're going to be talking about a little bit. There's there's obviously you know people have political opinions and this and that. That's that's not really what this is about. This is just um, we. I want to talk to Ashley's going to kind of explain to us what being a councillor, the job of actually being a councillor entails, and 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 how it fits in with everything else really. So um, Ashley, how how on earth did you end up becoming a councillor? Is that a dream you had from a young age? Uh, no, certainly not. Um, in, in my day job, I'm a teacher, which um, I'm sure you might ask about that, but it, it's <laughs> being a counsellor for the majority of counsellors of all, all stripes is not their, their main job. It's, um, it's a part-time job that ends up being long longer-term hours. Um, so I, I don't know. I think 
you know, it sounds a bit corny, but I want to help people in, in teaching. Yeah. And I think I've, I've wanted to do the same um, and get get the best for Reading that you can, that we possibly can as well. So, um, you know, I think a bit of a corny answer, but to help people, I, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, how long have you been a councillor for? Uh, four and a half years now. And, and so I guess, at what point did you kind of go home to your wife and go... <laughs> Hey, I know. I want to be a counsellor. Luckily, uh, I'd I'd already started the process just before I met her, so oh. I'm not sure she would have um, <laughs> jo- but, uh, joined joined me in that. But um, I don't know. I was involved in my uh, party and, and door knocking and, yeah. and getting people's issues, uh, and realised that actually that's something I quite enjoy of, of meeting the public, um, hearing what they've got to say, hearing their views, going around different areas, um, and and I suppose a logical next step for that was to yeah. sort of sort of then try and get on the council. So just 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 for to, to cl- for clarity, then you've sort of you said it's basically a part time job. So is, yeah. it, is it a paid paid job? Yeah, you get a, a basic allowance right. of uh, eight thousand um, pounds, and then there's uh, special allowances of. Um, Two or three thousand pound, if you're yeah. uh, like I am, a lead member for education, or if you're leaders for different different things. So, um, it's it's a part time job, but if you wait, you know, and, and that that sort of allowance, if you weighed it up against the hours that all councillors put in, it's um, <laughs> I think it will come in well below the minimum wage, to be honest. So, so what, what sort of hours are we talking week to week? I mean, obviously, you've, as you say, you've just had children, so this might <laughs> yeah. slightly. Yeah, uh, I think there's the different facets of it. So you mentioned about. Me, I represent Church Ward, yeah. uh, one of three councillors in Church Ward in South Reading. Um, you've got what we call casework, where we will go and knock on people's doors, we'll attend advice surgeries um, at least once a month, but of, often different councillors do more. Um, so that's hearing people's views yeah. and speaking to them. That we'll also attend sort of local community meetings. Um, Lots of us are school governors, so lots of the things would be deep rooted in the community that we represent, and you know, hopefully vote for us. But then on the other side, it's it's the council work, so it's the different committees we're, yeah. we're on. So um, I'm on adults, children, and education um, as the lead member for education. Uh, I used to be on the planning committee. You've then got your um, your party work, so there'll be meetings for your your party to get information across. So um, I think on a on a bad week, you might have. This has happened to me already at least once this year in January, four meetings um, a week. Wow. So that would be you know probably anywhere from one and a half to three hours long yeah. after work. And that, they're the weeks where I'm not particularly popular with my <laughs> wife. Um, and then, you know, in, in better weeks, you might only have, yeah. have one. So I think across a whole thing, you'd probably average about two and a half, three odd hour meetings a week, plus all your emailing people back yeah. and, and things like that. So Now, how does that kind of affect your, your teaching job? Because obviously teaching is quite an intensive yeah, well. I, I think for me, I like to call it ruthless efficiency of, <laughs> of um, you know, I, I don't drive. So when I get the train, I'll yeah. always be on my phone doing emails or when oh, I'm walking to the station. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, and, and it's it, about being precise and efficient, I yeah. think, with the, the time you've got. Yeah. But it, but it is tricky to get it all in. <laughs> made, made much more trickier this week. But, you know. So, what, so when sort of, I guess, when you get to your class in the morning, what, when you've not done the marking, what's the excuse? Uh, Is it uh, no, Yeah, very efficient marker. That's all right. <laughs> and also peer marking, get the kids to mark it and then oh, you can just check it. It's man, fine. So, yeah. Marvellous. <laughs> Marvellous. What will they think of next? Yes. So uh, I've come down to the to the council offices today. So you're you're typically, you're on paternity leave at the moment. Yes. So you've very kindly taken a yes. few moments. Yes. To come. So uh, I guess in terms of working with other councils, then is it because it's because I suppose it is it quite difficult at times to work together depending on people's people's roles and jobs and and um 
Do you mean across party or in just, your just, own just, or just, just generally? Just, uh, so so you'll, you'll have a colleague that's doing something else, might be working on the same project as yeah. you? Yeah, generally not too bad on that. I think you've, we've got, um, before our sort of public meetings, we have pre-meetings and we'll have lots, yeah. of, lots of preparation, which again is another meeting, I suppose I didn't mention a minute ago, where you'll do that to make sure it's okay. Um, on, on, I think if you look at some other councils across the, the country, even the southeast. You know, obviously, we, we represent different parties. We're yeah. going to disagree on, on things. But yeah. actually, I think if you look at the, the parties, there's a fair bit of consensus sometimes or, or a lot of the time mm. on it. And, and even working cross-party with people, there's um, uh, a fair workload charter for teachers that's going that will be going yeah. through the system soon. And that was uh, suggested by um, a, a councillor colleague from another party with me. And then I joined yeah. and, and so that's across so, um timings can be tricky mm. so you know if we're trying to organize briefings on particular things so this is what's happening in a certain sector well one councillor like me might say no because that's a friday morning so i'm at yeah. school um whereas other councillors who are retired might say let's do it then but yeah. so yeah again i suppose just just planning and, and trying to be as efficient as possible is what helps that so just so obviously reading is a is a labor run council yeah and you mentioned about cross party so i was just interested how how does that work because to my mind there there's a big difference between national party politics and local party politics you you know you it seems to me that i think like you've just alluded to there there, there's more of a more of a, a joined up kind of thing is that is that something that's right or is is it is it is it different to that? Have I, have I got it wrong? I, I think that's largely right. I think we changed just before I uh, became a councillor. We used to have what was called a cabinet system. So yeah. like I said I was the, the, I am the lead member for education. That would be sort of equivalent to the post you'd have in national government where you would have the education minister yeah. and it's them in charge. And we moved back to a committee system. So with the adult children education um, committee, we'll put a report forward, which I'm still responsible for as that in, mm. in education, but other councillors from other parties and my own party can scrutinise it, can ask the, the council officers questions about it um, and suggest things. So the, the committee system has made it, I think, a bit more collegiate in working together as, yeah. as, as opposed to, you know, which I don't think helps anyone when you watch on Wednesday, two people <laughs> shouting across green benches no, from each other. I think I, it puts people off and, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm not entirely sure how that is um, how that is useful to, to anybody yeah. really because... You never really see anything come out of that, I don't think. No, and I think in the end, like we'll see with, you know, I don't want to mention the B word, but you'll get, in the end, you'll get some sort of agreement. You'll get yeah. compromise and, yeah. you know, just if you eliminate the shouting in the first place. It seems <laughs> logical to me. But yeah, it does seem like a, good, yeah. like a smart idea. So I, I guess how how then do, do when when all this stuff goes through and, and, then, and someone's got an idea, what's the, what's the process of that? So if, if, say, someone spoke to you, came to a surgery or something mm. like that, and said, right, I've got this great idea for fixing X problem. Yeah. And you think, okay, how, how does that work? What's the process of that then? So we would have, that could be a local issue. Like you said, I think these um, these traffic lights are running too yeah. slowly on a sequence. Um, and then... Everyone's got an opinion uh, yes. traffic lights. And I'm ready. sure there's a particular <laughs> traffic light bugbear for, for someone. Um, but then we will contact the council um, department that's responsible mm-hmm. and say, look, there's an issue on X road with the traffic light system. Can you look it up? And then they will contact us back to say yes we have done it um, no we can't do it for whatever reason give us the information uh, and then we can pass that back to the, the residents so you know it's a bit of a again I suppose a bit of a cliche but the more residents that badger their local councillors yeah. the, the better it is for everyone <laughs> because then we know what they want and yeah. you know they've got a voice. What, what do you think of the perception what do you think the public's perception of a councillor is do, do 
do you think do you think i mean i i am not a counselor and i will have a specific perception yeah. which is probably very different what, yeah. what do you think people think about well i uh, in my uh, tutor i'm a sixth form tutor at school yeah. and one of the the things i did was about uh, jobs and pay and things but the other thing was about job satisfaction and people the public perception and the the jobs where you were perceived as most trustworthy were doctor teacher was number one and then two yeah. and right at the bottom was national politician and then <laughs> and then local politician so we're slightly above national but very still very yeah. untru- i think we're seen as i think it does depend on who you're talking to and, and the, the amount of information they mm. they maybe have um I, I think the thing we discussed earlier i think the biggest misconception is that we're full-time and paid lavish salaries yes. where in actual fact, it's the exact opposite. And, you know, you could understand people's frustration a little more, I think, if um, it was that we were working, you know, 40-hour weeks and getting paid £70,000 a year yeah. like an MP might be, but, but I can assure you we're not. So uh, whilst we are being paid, it's, it's something that where your, your time is quite stretched on, really. Do, do, you, do you think that if... So PMQ, PM, Prime Minister's questions is, is quite often, that, mm. and, and you've mentioned it there, it's mentioned on, on other podcasts as well as being a bit just ridiculous. Yes. Do, do you think that has a negative effect on people's perceptions of, of councillors? Yes, completely. I think, I think in that essence, national politicians of all stripes don't really help us. And, you know, in, if you think in real life, you, I'm sure you have disagreements with how a story might be run with people yeah. in your office. I'm sure you don't you know, put a little box between you and start yelling <laughs> over each other. You know, you'll, you'll discuss it, agree, and come to some form of, of yeah. compromise where you might, you know, and I don't know, it's not always that easy, but um, no, I, I don't think that, that image helps us at all on a local level, because on a local level, as I said, all uh, the politicians of all stripes are out there in their local communities, knocking on doors, yeah. attending events and speaking to the public, and then, you know, doing what they can to get, get things done and pushed through. So, and, and do you think that... Do you think, as a as a as a councillor, as, as a group of councillors, Reading Borough Council does a, a good a good job for the town? Do you, do you think it, it's work moving in the right direction? I think so. I think you know, <laughs> if I was writing a teacher's <laughs> report, you can always write, you know, X grade yeah, always can yeah. do better. You can always we can always do better. Obviously, I think um, I'm 35 this year, and I'm probably the third still youngest councillor. That maybe yeah. fourth now, I think. Um, but that's something I think that. Could could change a little bit. It has we've got you know yeah. uh, the youngest uh, one of the youngest councillors in the country was elected last year for us, which is, is very positive because I think that helps bring a wider proportion of people in. Um, so that's something I think I'd like to see a, a, a maybe more diverse range of people backgrounds yeah. across the council, which I think would be a huge help to to our perception that it's not just <laughs> you know lots of old men in grey suits because yeah. it's it's not really for reading actually um and and so what what about kind of the local press i you know I, i've obviously got a slightly vested interest yes there, but, yeah um do, do you think that the council's represented well in the local press what about you know the, the comments that, that are made on on, on newspaper New, newspaper comments is as much at times a bugbear for the, <laughs> the journalists themselves as because you know it's a case of that's actually not what i wrote yeah and if yeah. you read the story, you'd, you'd see. It, it, do, you, do you think that's something that, that helps or hinders? Um, I think lots of that is down to large, and you possibly you know, agree with me, is the reading of the story. If you actually yeah. read the story, from our point of view or, and your point of view, most of the facts are covered. Yeah. Um, I think the way the local media reports things is largely factual, maybe aside from some of the headings. Uh, yeah. So some of the headings might lean <laughs> a certain way, but then in, in the world we live in, they, they have to to get 
hits yeah. and to get people interested. So a lot of the misconceptions that then you, you read through some of the comments are, are are based on a heading. And then if you read the story, it would clear up most of the yeah. comments made. So I, I think I think that we have a largely fair media in Reading, to be honest. It's, 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 I must admit, from personal experience, it's a really difficult role to play between... You, you need people to click on the story mm. to have any chance of making any sort of revenue yeah. off, off it and to, yeah. keep a media, to keep a local media yeah. going. And and if you give it all away before anybody's clicked in it, then then it's it's an incredibly difficult yeah. balance yeah. To, to kind of. So what, what about yourself, Ashley? Um, what you when did you come? Are you from Reading? Yes, um, I uh, born and bred, and all my life lived in Reading. So oh. uh, I, I worked this out at a committee meeting uh, a couple of months ago. That it, it, like I said, I represent Church Ward, and that is one of the ones I've lived in. But I've lived in seven of the seven of the different <laughs> wards in Reading. So uh, I've been dotted around from a couple of houses with my parents and friends, yeah. and now with my wife. And I went to university in Reading, so I lived in a couple of different halls, yeah. which were in different wards. <laughs> um, yes, so I, I've been here all my life. Um, Reading season to get hold of that's getting more difficult to go to or will do soon but not because not not of the games but you know um, yeah. that, would, that would have been my next, <laughs> my next question do you, and do you have a favourite part do you have a favourite area Church ward, obviously, my well, ward in, in South Reading, obviously, yeah. I've absolutely laid that on a plate. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry to all the other wards. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. A... Which are also very nice, yeah. but that's you know that takes the prize. What's so just for someone who doesn't know, what's in Church Ward? What what makes Church Ward so? Um, so we are we run from Shinfield Road down to Northumberland Avenue. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the, the the hill. So it's part of the university. Um, it will take in uh, a couple of schools, so Reading Girls School. Um, it'll go to the edge of, sort yeah. of Hexham Road um, Estate. We've got the Whitley, the Whitley Cafe in there, um, and I think it's the, the, for, for that. It's, it's the I think there's a great sense of community and looking after mm. each other, which is you know I'm sure lots of other wards would say the yes. same, but I've got the most experience of that <laughs> ward. Um, uh, yeah, and that's sort of looking out for each other, and, and it's where I was originally from, yeah. or just around okay. the corner, um, and I think that still remains a sort of community-based spirit is still there. Just, just to finish off, something we always ask at the or as often as possible. Something about you that maybe people wouldn't know. Something you're famous for, or or a claim to fame. Uh, oh, don't know about a claim to fame. I was once on the season ticket renewal booklet for Reading Football Club. Um, I looked really bored. Oh, so I saw on that as a picture. On, yeah, as a picture. It was me and a friend. I don't know why they took that photo because it was about ten years ago now. We looked thoroughly bored, and why you would put that through. You know, in the mail for people yeah. saying, "Are you going to renew?" Because these two gentlemen look really bored was beyond me. But um, <laughs> you know, before I became a councillor, that was probably my biggest <laughs> claim to fame, I suppose. So, so I suppose because that would have been sort of during the quite quite good years as well. Yeah, so yeah. Was, there would have been lots of shops. Yeah. So I, I suppose they just thought we we're doing quite well. We're going to resell the season tickets anyway. So I just put this grumpy looking yeah. bloke on it. It's all right. Yeah. Can we join these boys? They're having <laughs> such a great time. Yes. Ashley, thank you very much for, thank for very much. seeing us. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers. Thank you. That was our interview with, that was my interview with Ashley Pierce from Reading Borough Council. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah thanks for saying that. <laughs> I made, I'm sure it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I'm a bit annoyed. What's the matter? Um, well, th- thanks for acting along. Um, unfortunately, due to technical issues, which seem to be happening quite a lot at the moment, um, we've lost some absolute gold this afternoon, and Hugh's, ha- Hugh's obviously now gone home because he's finished his shift, so... I thought he'd gone because he was upset at me 
ragged him for his whistly nose. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I scared him off. No, uh, uh, he, he has actually just finished yeah, yeah. for the day. Yeah, oh, okay, just, just, just gone home. Now. So he's not crying. I mean, he did slam the door, but oh. um, I'm sure he'll be okay. So, um, so we've got we, technical issues, what we're which means to do next week because it was an absolute gold about. But Isn't there always, always comedy gold? Every single week. I'm just yeah. uh, doing our British Podcast Award uh, entry as we speak. <laughs> uh, I've just sort of cleared a little space on the mantelpiece I for would, the, uh, I would. the I award. Think best entertainment show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so unfortunately, um, some, of the, some of the absolute gold that we recorded uh, hasn't come through. Um, but Rachel was very kindly just come back, uh, just popped in for, for five minutes just to re record an ending because otherwise it'd fade out like a classic John Bon Jovi song. Um, <laughs> You'd just, love it then. Oh, yeah, I didn't so much that, <laughs> hung my head. Um, just before we do though, uh, if anybody wanted to um, remind us of any more public toilets that have changed into things or anything that they'd like to talk to us about, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. That was great. And um, I did promise that I would reveal who would be our 50th guest. Actually, not our 50th guest, because I counted them, and we've had 50 guests already, but our guest on our 50th episode. Our special anniversary yes. episode. Um, you may have noticed, if you follow us on Twitter, at Real Reading Pod, um, I did send a cheeky little message to Mr Ricky Gervais. Um, he hasn't responded? No, no, I'm sure it's high he's, on his list. He's probably not read it yet. Yeah. Perhaps he's a busy guy. Probably gets a few tweets, a few ads, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, I see he's been quite busy promoting uh, a new series on Netflix as well, for which I'll get absolutely no commission for mentioning. But you know, just saying. Did you uh, did you try Tarrant? No. Medeski. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> Winslet. Winslet. Um, she said she she rang me and she said um, I'm just busy right now, but if you get back to me in three to four weeks. She's so, nice like that. Yes. She'll be really true to that. Very as thoughtful. Well. Yeah, I'm sure I'll await the phone call. Yeah. Um, so we'll uh, get the posh coffee out that day when she comes in. Oh yes, yes. Yeah? The uh, the Alta Rica, the next cafe Alta Rica. <laughs> yes. We'll get that. Out. Yes. That'll be lovely. Nothing but the finest instant for Miss <laughs> Winslet. <laughs> Probably should clean the mugs as well, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am very pleased to be able to say that um, our the guest on our fiftieth episode is none other than Reading Institution Tutu Malaku, who runs the Ethiopian table at the Risk Global Cafe. And this weekend, so Sunday, March the 3rd, uh, opens a second place, second restaurant, at the what was the Chalkboard Cafe in Palmer Park. Oh, cool. We, we've been to... I've certainly been to the Ethiopian table. Have you? Uh, Do you remember? I've been to Risk... But yeah. not to the what's it called Ethiopian the table. Ethiopian table, yes. I've, no, but I, it is something that I've always quite fancied. Yeah. I don't know if I've had Ethiopian food. It's, it's very delicious, is very it? wholesome. Yes, like oh, just fills you up. Absolutely I've been to, lovely. I went to risk for a, a Northern Soul. Of course you did. Of course I did. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course I did. And anybody make you go time. to that? Did they? Or it was that might just, have been yeah. husband. Okay. Maybe. Hey, Rich. <laughs> Um, okay, yes, so Tutu will be our special guest next week. Really, really looking forward to going and speaking to her. 
But like, I think it would be rude after that if we didn't then have a team meal out. Probably should, yeah. I'll see what I can organise. to the Ethiopian ta- table. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. That's it for this week, Rach. Okay. Thanks for coming back. I know you've got That's a busy day. That's all right. Mate, yeah, no, it's just, uh, it's just giving me a break from other technical issues. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. See you later. See you next week. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that was Did brilliant. Did you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.